0: Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support.
1: The law is not respected. So if you find yourself in, uh, in the arm of those people who are not respecting the law or the constitution or just respecting the word which has been addressed to them, so uh, you will be tortured and you will be beaten. Those are the words of
2: Blaise Masinga, who has an incredible story of pain and suffering, but yet finding hope, as he details his life's journey from Africa to Minnesota. Welcome to Life Support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He Eric. was a like golden All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence,
1: multiple rapes.
2: This is Life Support, hosted by Pastor Paul Johnson from Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota. My name is Steve Johnson, director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program, and our goal is to use story to bring hope and healing. And now let's join the conversation with Pastor Paul.
0: So glad to have you on Life Support. We are talking with a guest today who I think has a fascinating story that once again points to the love of God and how he brings us through difficult trials and then how we can turn around and give back. And we're going to learn more about that. My guest is a man by the name of Blaise Masinga, and full disclosure, uh, Blaze is a a man who attends Ridgewood Church that I met uh, probably maybe six months to a year ago, and mm-hmm. we've had a chance to spend some time together. Mm-hmm. And, Blaise, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you thank coming you. by.
1: Thank you, Pastor. I'm glad to be here with you.
0: And I also saw you uh, on a big stage telling your story not long ago for an organization. And so your story is amazing, and we're going to talk about a foundation that you have as well mm-hmm. um, that you're hoping to help others that are uh, struggling. But let's go back and and begin your story in the Congo, right? Mm-hmm. So what kind of home did you grow up in, in the Congo? Because you had um, an experience where you ran into some missionaries, and mm-hmm. your you know your mom used to hang out with missionaries, but mm-hmm. then there was a protest later on that turned out badly, and that's kind of where your story really took off. But tell me where you grew up and what your family was like.
1: Thank you so much for the question, Pastor. Um, I was raised as a Mennonite in the Mennonite home, and uh, both my parents, I will say, my mom uh, background, my mom um, parent were Baptist, and my dad Mennonite. So it's kind of like a hybrid <laughs> Mennonite and uh, and and a Baptist. So that's the kind of uh, of family which I grew up. I was born in the western part of of Congo, and uh, both my parents were teachers, and you know uh, we. We're in a small village uh, in the western part of of, of Congo. That's pretty much my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about Mennonite. It was a small Mennonite village called Kajiji. Um, That's where a lot of Mennonite brethren um, used to go to help out uh, people, you know, the folks or the community over there. That's pretty much where uh, I came from. And um, then, from my childhood, I think I moved to the city called Kikwit. Uh, Kikwit is that's where I went for my high school. Uh, Upon, uh, I will say, when I was through, when I completed my high school, then, uh, we're talking in the 90s, so now it's the time to dream to go to the college, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But now... That dream, uh, I will say is, was shut down uh because of the event which happened, and then whoever who is a Congolese back then they we, they used to call our country Zaire um and pretty much people will know um what the event happened in that country right Talk, talking about the event happened in that country, but today you and I are talking in twenty twenty so what we're talking here is more than twenty years, but those things up to now, right. the situation hasn't even changed. So what was happening exactly? So what uh, was what was happening exactly, Pastor? Was um, think of uh, a young one, someone who's coming from a middle f- uh, class family. Um, you don't have your parent uh, investment, so that so the success of any child, you know, um it's educations. So that's where you dream that okay I'm gonna better my future if I have an education. Of of, of course you need, we we have faith as well. So my dream was to become a medical doctor. And when I uh finished my high school so the process in the Congo at the time was you have to apply to any college or to an university, but we were stopped, so I would say the political situation at the time um didn't allow students or people like us to apply because we had a dictator, and then everyone. Uh, who knows, Congo story will know, he, his name was Mobutu Sese Kukungendo. He was um, a bad president, and he was a horrible uh, president, a dictator, who uh, didn't allow the university to be open, and then freedom of speech was stopped in terms of our march because we say this is unfair why we cannot educate while they're sending the kids in mm-hmm. South Africa, sending the kids here in the United States and in Europe, but my dad, who is a teacher, and my mom, who is a teacher, doesn't have that money of sending his children to United States or to South Africa or even to Europe. Now, how, what are we gonna do if we don't have education? Right,
0: uh, sure. And that's not a it was so it was a terribly unfair playing field. Well and you mentioned a march. So mm-hmm. obviously then
1: this was a protest march that you're referring to? Exactly. Okay. It was a peaceful protest march which students like us and then many students like us um were claiming uh, university to be open so that we can register. I mean, because that's our future. Yeah. And uh we were arrested, and the march was brutally uh, stopped by his soldiers. And some of us, we found ourselves in this situation, which you don't want to know.
0: Right. So we here you are in a, a peaceful protest, mm-hmm. and soldiers arrest you mm-hmm. for, sounds like, no good reason except for you are just trying to be mm-hmm. a part of something that to, to open people's eyes. hmm so, what happened once you got arrested? Now, this is where your story really takes a turn for—for um, for, I don't want to say the worst, but this is where things get
1: really difficult, right? When you're in—in in the hands of these soldiers. Yes, these are the practice which happens uh, in the country where democracy um, is not respected. So. Uh, most of the time, you will know that, especially right now, we're talking back in the 90s, you know, 1994. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and this is the man who felt that um, he owned the country and, no, he didn't have to – he had nothing to do with uh, anybody else. Whatever he said, that's exactly what people are supposed to follow. So right. the Constitution wasn't respected at the time. And – um and when the constitution is not respected, so there is violations of a lot of uh, things. So, in other words, the democracy uh, the, the, you pretty much in the jungle, like yeah. Um, yeah. So now, now you talking now of teenagers who are thinking to becoming uh, doctors of tomorrow, and then any feature of a country is rely on the young people, so because they're the one who's going to take over when the other generation is gone. And that is the base on education. It's the base on good values. Right. So what are you thinking of someone who's shutting university? Mm-hmm. What are you thinking of someone who doesn't allow uh, uh, children to go to school? That's the big question. So is he thinking of tomorrow or not? Right. So... Uh, what happened? You know, I mean, it, he, we, we were, uh, as I said, we were kind of like uh, in the dark um, after being arrested, and um, obviously now we had to look means how um, to be out of it.
0: So, what did those what did those soldiers do to you, Blaze?
1: Well, if any times when you are in the country where there is uh, lack of democracy or lack of freedom of speech, um, as as mentioned, so you are in the dictatorships. So what does it mean is that the, the law is not respected. So if you find yourself in uh, in the arm of those people who are not respecting the law or the constitution or just respecting the word which has been, addressed to them, so um, you will be tortured and you will be beaten. You will be, uh, you'll be a recipient of all those uh, uh, bad treatment. We'll be back
2: to the conversation with Paul and Blaise Masinga in just a moment. You know, Pastor Paul is hosting this program from a unique perspective. After losing his first wife to cancer, He then experienced the homicide of his young adult son. And that's what life support is really all about. It's survivors in discussion with other survivors. My name is Steve Johnson, executive director of Five Stone Media, and we are so pleased to be a co-sponsor of this program. For more about our work, log on to www.lifesupportresources.org. And now, back to... Pastor Paul.
1: Um, You will be tortured and you'll be beaten. You'll be, uh, you'll be a recipient of all those uh, uh, bad treatment.
0: And that was you. Exactly. And you didn't, all of a sudden you found yourself in the hands of these people. And Mm -hmm. you, I think in, when I saw you speak, you referenced, you still have scars to show for that. Mm -hmm. So how long did that go on that um, I guess we can call it captivity, right? Because they were unlawfully
1: arresting you and, and torturing you. How long did that go on? Well, I will say that Congo in general, um, the situations, um, you know, even, I mean, I will say that uh, we just got recently, our first peacefully democratic election just happened right. in 2018. Right. Your question is how long how long were you tortured? How long were you in captivity of those soldiers? Oh, no. So so the things went quick uh, because um, at the time, I think we had, um, I would say, a help um, from the opposition party, um, which now uh, we have uh, a president whose father at the time was one of— our leader in the opposition, his name was Echen Tisekedi. So, so he fought it so that uh, the kids who have been arrested and who are marching to just ask for them to be enrolled at university, that's unfair. So he fought it for us, and then um, obviously um, that's how we escaped that situation.
0: And so then it came time for you to leave that country, Mm -hmm. and you needed to get out of there, Mm -hmm. and now this is where your life takes another turn, Mm -hmm. because now all of a sudden you're going to escape from the country, or Mm -hmm. leave the country, Mm -hmm. come to the United States, Mm -hmm. but not with your family, Yeah, all by yourself. So so tell me about that experience.
1: Oh, um, so before even talking about that experience, I think I will say that... uh, um after those um horrible events uh, which did happen to many students or many kids uh, in the congo um i was lucky. with the help of uh, my parent friends um uh, especially my mom um obviously prior to even it was like I was i was ahead of time i was thinking okay what am i going to do with the way the situation is going in the country so um I wrote a letter to one of my uh uh family friends um and with the help of them, you know, I would say missionary and i was being I was able to escape the situation to go to South Africa, so it was my parents uh friends. Uh, who helped me to es- escape this situation, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to go to South Africa. And then from South Africa, that's another story. Um, so pretty much you have escaped a horrible situation in the Congo. Now you're in South Africa. Um, in South Africa, that's where things turned differently anyway. So we pretty much was like a refugee as well in South Africa, even if you had a help from um, the United States, um, from your parents, friends. But what kept me at that time was my visions and my faith, you know, looking at the background which I came from. So I remember the advice and the, a bit of financial help which I had um helped me to study, mm-hmm. but with the studies of refugee, mm-hmm. but that was really very hard yeah uh, that's very hard and um from that you know uh, we we went through a different uh bad times, you know, anyone who have been in South Africa. And with a studies of a refugee, it's not a good life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, e- even if I had some help, um, of, of, of as I'm saying that being as a, as a student. So we went to a situation where we we're pretty much like stateless, mm-hmm. meaning that you didn't. Have, if you are a refugee in South Africa, uh, you don't have uh, coverage, lack like of medical insurance. Uh, you don't have. You don't have like a food stamp and you don't... Um, the work permit is, uh, is is very hard. The immigration system in South Africa is very, very hard. Uh, so life turns also a different point. In mm-hmm. French, we say that you're running some things, you go um, to a, another difficult uh, situation. So your question was, um, after all those things, um, we... I'm one of those people who have lived by faith, Mm -hmm. and that's why my faith in God has helped me to escape or to deal with difficult situations. Well, and you've
0: had a lot of them, and you're talking about torture, you're talking about finally getting out of there, going to South Africa where you were mistreated there, Mm -hmm. you're alone. Mm -hmm. Was that faith kindled when you were a child in your
1: Baptist-slash-Mennonite home? Yes. Yes, exactly, yeah. because I remember um, I am, and Pastor think I am in South Africa. It's a country which uh, I was born in Congo, as you know, but you are in South Africa. is a country which you need to speak English. But I landed in South Africa with zero word in English. I only knew, how are you? <laughs> That's it. Right. So you are... 19 years old or 20, 19 years old who doesn't know how to speak English. He's alone.
0: Yeah,
1: He's alone. He doesn't have no one. Yeah. But at least only the help, as we, uh, I just described it. Yeah. Now, you have to find a school to learn English. Not only a school to learn English, you have to find a place to sit, uh, to live for a living like accommodation. So it was it was a very hard time because sometimes you don't even have an interpreter. Yeah, you know, and you need someone to translate what you're saying so that they can understand. So life wasn't easy. So and how then, did
0: you know that God was
1: with you? Exactly the way I'm telling you that. Okay, it's a miracle. I'm saying to you that I'm lending. Uh, a 19 years old is landing in yeah. South Africa with just a French. Without a dad, without a mom, without a cousin, without a friend, no one. And I remember the first person, in fact, the person which I met in the plane, when he saw me, he asked me, where are you going? I told him that I don't even know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Because that was the truth. Yeah. Because only I had, I had just sponsorship, but I didn't even know. There was no no arrangement, you know. So I landed in the uh, airport with this specific person. I think he was a businessman who was going to do some trading or some business in South Africa. And he said to me, oh, I know someone is going to uh, uh, meet me at the airport. Maybe he will help you to find some way to sleep. So that's the situation. Wow. So for someone who couldn't speak English, 19 years old, and you managed to have a education uh, without a proper studies of immigration studies. That's, if not God, mm. who can do that?
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And you had been through torture, and you got yeah. to South Africa, and he mm-hmm. provided for you. And mm-hmm. we've got a lot more of your story to tell, so we're going to have you back next time as well, Blaze. But mm-hmm. you've started a foundation now. Mm-hmm to help those who are oppressed to those that need help
1: tell me about that foundation well yes and thank you for asking about this my foundation is uh uh, masinga foundations and it's pretty much your life story can change Mm -hmm. to a situation or it become your ministry and my life story is now a ministry, which, because as you speaking with me right now, there is someone in Congo who has been tortured. As we're talking right now, there is someone who cannot afford, uh, like my mom, who couldn't afford uh, a medical bill, and he passed, she passed. And you were telling me
0: that if she would have had access to medical care, she would be alive today. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is a
1: woman and this is happening right now in 2020 It's happening in yeah. 2020 So, mm-hmm. And this is a woman Who told me If you want to succeed in life Education is a key But that education was pretty much shut down mm-hmm. With the situation the way we just explained And And this is a woman Who gave you life And whom if you think You would have helped If you were in the position to help but now she's gone. She's in heaven, yeah. and I know one day we will meet mm-hmm. with her. But I don't want it to happen again to another woman, mm-hmm. and that is the philosophy behind Massinga Foundations. It's about caring. It's about like Jesus himself. So uh, we uh, said the the Samaritan woman. You know, it's it's about caring. It's about thinking for those who are helpless thinking for those who are voiceless, thinking for those who, are, who cannot do anything of, of themselves. Le- Pastor, let me tell you something. My parents, by the time I went to South Africa, their life, they were teachers, but they were pretty much like 10 years without being paid. Hmm. And let me tell you something. My dad is 80 years old. He has worked for 40 years as a teacher. But now he's sitting in the same room with my sister who earned $300 as registered nurse. Hmm. And my dad who have worked for 40 years has no, he doesn't have like, what we sing here in Minnesota that you can have a retirement he doesn't have mm-hmm. retirement so that's the philosophy behind the singer Foundation can you help someone like Blaze Dad yeah. and other people or like my sister who have been working as registered nurse for 20 plus years but earning $300 do the math of a yeah. registered nurse wow. here yeah, in, a nurse. in Minnesota
0: So give me a website address for your foundation if somebody would like to check that out.
1: Well, my foundation is www.masingafoundation.org.
0: So M-A-S-I-N-G-A dot org. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've got more questions for you. I'm going to have you back next time because I want to find out more about your story because your story is just unfolding. You haven't even made it to the U.S. in your story yet. We're going to talk about that next time, okay? Thank you so much, And I'm so glad you're here. And I want to remind you, too, that, you know, Blaze is talking about how God took care of him and how God made the way for him. And I want you to know that God will make a way for you as well. And Blaze came from Congo, incredible oppression, but maybe you are here in this rich country of the United States and you're still struggling and you think that you're alone. And I want Blaze's story to give you hope. And I'm reminded of what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians twelve nine. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And so you may feel very weak right now, you may feel powerless, but if you're walking with God, Jesus has not given up on you, and so hang in there, there is hope. I'm so glad you joined us for this episode of Life Support. I want to thank our wonderful partners, Faith Radio at MyFaithRadio.com. You can see a video version of this podcast at Five Stone Media's website, that's FiveStoneMedia.com. And, of course, we'd love to have you check out Ridgewood Church as well at myrwc.org. And I'm on Twitter at Pastor Paul J. We'd love to see you there as well. Thank you again for listening, and we'll catch you next time right here on Life Support.
2: Life Support is a co-production of Five Stone Media and Ridgewood Church in Minnetonka, Minnesota.